Mora conducts physician-led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives, free from chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, and obesity. And on our podcast, Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with their knowledge and stories of plant-based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. Today, I'm going to bring you another inspirational story of healing in a plant-based diet and also a nice segue into to some other stories about health, which we'll get to. But Doug Schmitz, welcome to the podcast. Uh, it was a pleasure being here. Uh, um, I, I appreciate you taking time with me. Oh, absolutely. And you're one of the reasons I started this podcast like seven years ago, right? It's, it's stories like these that one, inspire people, but also inform them of, you know, the struggles that come along with lifestyle change and health. And just, it's just, it's wonderful to connect people. So plus I'm, it's my selfish reason is just to connect to meet to talk to awesome people so <laughs> um i've made a lot of friends through this podcast and then if there's any value from it that's been the most valuable for me personally um but uh yeah let, well let's go back uh let's hear your story so i'm guessing we're gonna go back in time to around 2008 excuse me yeah. i'll have to say excuse me for the hoarseness i was just telling doug i have something going on it's getting better but if I clear my throat I I apologize to the listeners but yes if we can go back in time jump on our ship um, 2008 or somewhere else around there Um, yeah it was a uh, 2008 memorial day to be exact and um, I was 49 and I was just walking in the yard just walking in the yard all of a sudden I got this pain between my shoulder blades it's just Whew. And um, then I got a pain in my chest and a little nauseous. And I, I just laid down in the grass and go, that that's weird. That's strange. And I sort of blew it off, believe it or not, and uh, got up, walked again, and it hit again. And when it subsided that time, I went in and pulled out my computer and goes, uh, back pain, chest pain. And what came up was heart attack, heart attack, heart attack. Um, So I called my uh, physician, who at the time I was um, meeting my now wife down at her place in Ithaca, New York. And I was living in Rochester, New York, about an hour and a half away. And um, my doctor said, get to the nearest hospital that you can. Um, So I went out to my wife and I said, um, can you take me to the hospital? And she's looking at me. Did I cut myself? Did I hurt myself? Um, because I'm talking like I'm talking to you now. And she drove me to the hospital. Probably shouldn't have had that. Probably should have called the ambulance. But I I didn't feel bad. And went into the hospital and explained it to them. They hook, hooked me up to all sorts of gear, put me in a bed. And I'm joking with the nurse and stuff. And all of a sudden, uh, a doctor comes running in and they go, we got to get you out of here. I go, what do you mean? You're having a heart attack. And I, I didn't feel anything at this time. I'm just laying in the bed. And they said, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to Sarah, Pennsylvania or Syracuse, New York? And I said, Sarah, Pennsylvania. And little did I know Sarah, Pennsylvania is a big heart hospital. And I know Syracuse. And I go, why all the way to Pennsylvania? So I said, take me to Syracuse. 
So they rushed me by ambulance to Syracuse and they rushed me into um, um, emergency surgery. And uh, 45 minutes later, I had a nice little stent in my uh, widowmaker, my uh, lower anterior descending artery. Mm. So now I was a patient with coronary artery disease. Mm. Wow. And what was your journey after that? What was going through your mind emotionally um, when you went home? What did your doctor tell you? What was, what was going on then? Well, you know, initially, uh, I mean, you're scared to death. Um, um, you, you don't expect that. I didn't expect it at 49. Um, I, I thought of myself as not as bad a shape as a lot of my friends and colleagues the same age. You know, I wasn't as heavy as them. I wasn't going out drinking, you know, every night. I ate what I thought was relatively healthy, but it wasn't. Um but after that, I also felt like I had a new lease on life. You know, you, you start, oh, thank God I'm alive, you know. And um, and I'm a researcher. I'm a teacher by trade. And so I do deep dives into things when, when um, I, I want to know something. And thank, you know, thank gosh for the internet. So I Googled heart, how to prevent a heart attack. I'm also a chicken. I didn't want open heart surgery some down, somewhere down my line. So I looked and the first thing they came up, prevent and reverse heart disease by Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. And I got the book out of the library and started reading, reading it. It says, give up meat, give up cheese, give up. And I'm going, that seems too extreme. So I went to the American Heart Association site. Oh, I can still have meat so many times a month. I can have cheese. It says, you know, stay away from this, stay away from that. I go, oh, that's better. I mean, I can do that. I can eat more vegetables. And almost a year to the day, it was actually like a month later, I was at school because I was a teacher and I just didn't feel well. And I went to the school nurse and she took my vitals and she goes, yeah, something's not right. And mm -hmm. she called the ambulance and I was rushed to Rochester, um, um, U of R, uh, University of Rochester Hospital. And there um, um, they rushed me in and they took a look and they said, yeah, you have some blockages. You probably had a blockage. You had something that passed that was causing the problems. Um, a lot of your blockages are under 70%. We're gonna just wait and see. Well, that caused me to look a little closer at what I had been doing. Obviously the American Heart Association diet was not working. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to do something better. And my now wife was saying, um, we gotta look into this. And she started looking into things. And we picked up Dr. Esselstyn's book again and looked at it very closely. And we started our journey to that. And that journey to eating a whole food plant-based diet, no oil, took us about three years in total to get there. Um, when we started, we were, we were pretty much Esselstyn, but it took us a while to get there, you know. Um, Sherry ended up taking um, the E. Cornell plant-based nutrition course. And it was like almost every day when I came from home from work, she goes, we're not having this anymore. What do you mean? 
And she goes, nope, it's not good. And um, so slowly we started getting rid of things. Um, actually, right after the heart attack, we had moved to a uh, eight acre farm, um, small old 1830s uh, uh, farmstead. And because we wanted to grow as much of our own food as possible. Not really aware of what that would entail, but at least we had the land to do it. And um, we did start growing some of our own food. But at that time, we weren't 100% um, plant-based. We even had chickens. So, But we did it just for eggs. So we had given up everything but... Um, eggs and it was um two eggs and an omelet on sunday that was it and that was before the second episode um, but once that second episode hit and we started doing the research on eggs it's like nope I, that's one other thing out of the um out of our wheelhouse now um so what happened with that is um a, a few things um one, we found a, a wonderful uh, primary care physician in Ithaca who taught at Cornell, and um, he was very receptive to information we brought. And he would say, uh, he, he started uh, taking my blood work every three months initially. Every three months, he'd take it, and he could tell what I was doing or what I was not doing just by looking at my blood work. And as it got better, uh, it went to six months. And eventually it went to um, once a year, but I would have it done twice a year just so I could keep knowing things were going okay. And um, I had a cardiologist, but since we had moved away from Rochester, our, our, my primary care physician said, if I don't think I can handle your case, I'll recommend a cardiologist for you. And the cardiologist up in Rochester, who was well-esteemed up there, um, who was also hovering over 300 pounds, um, wasn't real keen on plant-based nutrition, wasn't real keen on pulling me off of any medications. And um, so I didn't keep him as a cardiologist. <clears throat> and I went with this primary care physician. And... Uh, over the course of the next couple of years, I lost 60 pounds. Uh, I, weigh, I weighed what I did in high school. I went from uh, 225, 230 down to 175. I uh, started running. Um, and, and starting running was sort of interesting. It was because I had lost the weight. I had so much energy, I couldn't fall asleep at night. So I had to do something to get a little tired. Mm. And then uh, we decided one summer to go to plant stock at mm -hmm. the Essendon farm mm -hmm. and met other people that had similar stories and more amazing stories um, where they lost tons of work, weight and, and um, addiction issues and all sorts of things. And they had taken up running. And I said, here's these guys who were like three, 400 pounds, and now they're a lot lighter and they're doing marathons and triathlons. I'm a, I'm a light guy in comparison. I should be able to do something like this. So 
for a while I was doing the running thing and I did a couple half marathons and a marathon and um, just to prove, I guess, somewhere that I could do this. And with that, I still run, but it's for our pleasure and also for keeping the heart pumping. Um, so there was that. And then um, as a school teacher, of course, people saw um, the weight loss. Was, they'd ask how I was doing after the heart attack and stuff. And um, somebody said, you should become the district health and wellness coordinator because the position is an adjunct position, but it was open. And um, so I applied. I got it. And uh, it, it was a real neat organization in affiliation with Blue Cross and Blue Shield up there. Um, the school districts came in a consortium of 27 school districts and one community college for healthcare. And they convinced the um, Blue Cross Blue Shield, give us one penny uh, per subscriber um, per, I, I don't know, I think it was per week or whatever, as a fund to use to do wellness activities within the, these school districts. So, you know, I paid for this uh, $1,500 for the health and wellness coordinator in each district. And it also paid for things that we could do to do healthy activities. So um, Plant Pure Nation came out um, that year. We saw it. We loved the concept of the um, jumpstart. And the first year we um, actually bought food from um, the Campbells, uh, from Nelson and Kim. And um, we did a trial in our, our building with 30 people. They saw great results. Some stuck with it, many did not. But saw, we did before and after biometrics. Um, um, we had um, nurses come in that said, you're not gonna see any change in, in, two, in two weeks. You're just not gonna see it. And they were shocked to see the results that these people had with the before and after. Well, the, the gentleman who supervised our consortium for healthcare, he goes, Doug, would you like to do this next year for all the superintendents? And I said, why just the superintendents? He goes, Doug, you know, you're right. Let's do this for anybody who wants to in the district. So that year we put it out to everybody. And um, we used for the book, uh, Rip Esselstyn's um, Engine 2 book. And so everybody got the Engine 2 book so they could um, uh, make their own food and they had the recipes and they had all the science in there that he had in his book. And we didn't know how many people were gonna do this. We ended up getting 1300 people doing it that year. It was amazing. We, we said, you know, we were building this as we were flying because we, we had no idea what it would entail or actually what I do every day to encourage these people. And what came out of this is we, we experiment each year. We improved it a little bit more uh, till the point where everybody had Rip's book. Everybody had um, another book of theirs that we gave them. And I said, we have a lot of our own recipes. Let me put together a book. And my wife and I put this book together with all our recipes and put some of our information in there. And that was offered to everybody for free. 
and we did that. And then the, the next year we wrote another book and um, gave that one to them. And um, the we averaged for the last three years, 3,500 to 3,800 people per year. Wow. And, and um, we did it for 10 days, um, every January, basically, right after the holidays. And we had people who bought into it hook, line, and sinker, um, people who had never been able to lose weight, lose weight, people who had um, um, intestinal issues and they went away, um, people that just felt better. Um, we had, um, so I talked to the guy who ran things and I go, um, Rick, um, could we start uh, plant-based coaches? So we got had a plant-based coach training and put a plant-based coach in each building um, or in each district who would support our challenge every year. Mm -hmm. And um, th that was fun to see how that would grow. And um, recently, last year was our, um, not this January, but the January before was our last year doing it. We turned it over because we're not in Rochester, New York anymore. We're in North Carolina. We decided to turn it over to an organization that um, I was familiar with. In fact, the nutritionist who worked for this company used to work in my school district where she became plant-based because of the work I did. And she was our district nutritionist. And she went on to work for a food company, uh, Sweet Pea Plant-Based Kitchens. Uh, which uh, produce locally uh, uh, plant-based meals for people to purchase. And sh she took it over and that company took it over. And the only caveat, they could use my work, any of my work or our work, but they had to um, allow people to do it for free. So yes, they could offer people their meals, but they wouldn't charge people to participate in the challenge and they did and so they did that this year and it's a little learning curve for them because we would create uh, I created a um, beautiful newsletter that they received in the mail every day with with videos with um, nutritionfact.org videos with information on why this is important why cheese is bad why dairy is bad um, the research and the science and so they're playing a little catch up because those they didn't want to use, they wanted to use their own work. Um, so, which I understand. Um, so they're, they're going through their, the learning curves with that. So. Wow. That's phenomenal. So total number over the many years that you did this, how many folks do you, would you estimate have done it? Well, it was over, I think six years. Um, so even if we just did six times three, um, you know, it's over 18,000, 18,000, 20,000 people, man, that's amazing. And <clears throat> any fun stories that you saw come out of there? There, there was a, a friend of ours, an art teacher in our building, um, who was, um, about 10 years younger than me. And uh, she was always overweight. She was always that jolly art teacher that everybody loved and just always bouncing and happy. And her mother had said, Doug, you know, if you can do anything for her, 
you know, because her mother was lean and active and she was in her 70s and, you know, going mountain climbing and, and stuff. She was always active. And um, the, my art teacher friend, she was active, but weight takes a toll on you. And she did want to, but she loved food and she loved to eat and go out with her friends. And um, she always, she'd stay good for a week or two and then go back into things. Well, um, it didn't happen while I was there, but it happened during COVID. Mm. She said, I, I, I don't want COVID to get me. I, I, I want to turn this, my life around. And since she was in lockdown and stuff, she couldn't go out to the restaurants as much. Um, she wasn't tempted by things at school and soda machines and stuff. She went and lost 120 pounds. And it's like, That's amazing. you know, when uh, everybody went back to school, um, everybody was just in shock. What, what, where, where'd you go? What happened? So um, <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, so, and um, a couple of our people, they submitted their story to Forks Over Knives. Um, one was a school nurse. Um, she had suffered with uh ADD her whole life, uh, other issues, I think some stomach issues and things. And she bought it hook, line and sinker after about year two, lost all this weight, didn't have to take her ADD medicine anymore, um, felt like she was reborn, and is extremely active. And she convinced the other nurses in her building to also mm -hmm. take it on. So you, you know you're doing something right when you get the school nurses doing it. Mm, absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. <clears throat> I didn't even know about that branch of community outreach that you had done. That's phenomenal. Um, lovely. And so we you, you change yourself. You're helping change others. So what have you been doing now? Like where are your, what is your moving forward? What happens? Um, well, we had moved out to during COVID to Arizona to be near our children. And we were there for a year and con us continuing to run and do things. And we, we led our last challenge there and wrote a cookbook and um, we were doing that. And then we moved to North Carolina. Um, the kids got jobs there and we followed them because that's where we wanted to be anyways. And so we were looking for a new doctor uh, since we were new to the area and we went in and uh, I could say I wasn't always perfect with my, my things. Um, the one thing that crept into my diet a lot was wine. I, I, I liked a good glass of wine with dinner, but that good glass of wine would end up being a, a bottle here and there. And over the course of a week, it might've been three or four bottles. Went into the doctor for uh, the, the initial checkup and had blood work done. And she goes, your liver enzymes don't look good. Hmm. Really? I, I never had issues with that before. She goes, yeah, um, I, I think I want to send you to, or, or I, could, I could be wrong in the liver enzymes. Something triggered her to send me to a urologist. Oh, the PSA. <clears throat> Well, the P, the PSA was a little bit high. It wasn't, 
it was a neurologist that would be probably the only thing unless you saw a renal duct nephrologist which would be your kidney function well the liver would be separate there, there and i have the the, the numbers somewhere but she goes it almost looks like you have fatty liver disease that'd be a liver enzymes but they would send you to a gi doc well she didn't she for whatever reason she sent me to a uro urologist okay and uh, maybe it was because the psa was like 4.2 okay bumping and up okay so um and she didn't like the liver enzymes and um so I, I, I went to this urologist and he goes, huh? He goes, oh, actually it was, it was 4.8. That's what it was. It was yeah. 4.8. Went into the doc. He goes, well, you know, maybe you have an infection. We'll put you on some antibiotics and come back and check. And sure enough, we came back and checked and it was 4.2. Mm -hmm. He goes, good, but not good enough. He goes, I want to send you in for some tests and we'll see what we got going. And he sent me in. Um, and I'm trying to remember the order of the, it was an MRI. And there was a spot on my prostate. He goes, that's a little troublesome. And so he goes, um, not to worry. He goes, um, but I'd like to do a biopsy. And he did a biopsy and um, came back um, that it's prostate cancer. Hmm. And so, you know, initially it was total shock that, you know, the big C word, hmm. but he, he's a good urologist. And he says, you know, most men that get this die with it. They don't die from it. And right. so that was reassuring. Um here again, I did another deep dive into stuff and it almost drove my wife crazy because you're, you're stressing yourself out too much. But I, I just had to know. And mm -hmm. I really, really think that it would have been a lot worse if um, I wasn't on a plant-based diet. What I have is a Gleason 3 plus 4 or Gleason 7 uh, 3 plus 4 um, which is small, my, my little piece of cancer is about the size of a, a head of a, pe a pencil eraser. And I thought it, it, it could have been worse. And um, so he put me on active surveillance for it. And I just had, he's checking my um, PSA every three months. Mm. And um the most recent one was 4.3. So I'm thinking, you know, a couple things happened because of it. You know, I stopped the alcohol. If I have it, it's only when we go out to dinner, like for my birthday or something. Um, so, you know, that's off the list. We've gotten, um, not that we were really, we weren't into the junk food plant-based stuff um re really i mean every once in a while we might get some of the plant-based cheeses but we cook at home almost every night we, we hardly ever go out um we doubled down on making sure the kale the spinach was in there the kale was in there double down on mushrooms because mushrooms are good for prostate health especially white button mushrooms um and, and just tighten things up 
uh, a bit. Um, running has come back stronger. <clears throat> and um, I had taken a new job with the uh, state of North Carolina, basically. I, I'm a, a trainer for um, their, um, for providers and um, state personnel for Medicaid, uh, the Medicaid call center and, and things. So I'm still in the health arena a little bit, which is sort of fun. <clears throat> but it, it's just caused me to really focus on um, what can I do? What, what can I do to keep me healthy? And um, doing all the things that I should. And, and the, the biggest thing is, just because you're plant-based doesn't mean you're invincible. It just means you have helped your microbiome to um, to help your immune system to fight these things. So th that's my emphasis. So we're taking it a, a three months at a time, and we'll see where it goes. And even my urologist goes. He goes, pick a PSA number, a PSA number that you think that if it gets to that point, that um, that's problematic for you, that you want to address it. And uh, for me, it's right now, wait and see. Because I uh -huh. think my body is primed to fight this thing. Uh -huh. And uh, I was looking, at, and it may be absurd, but it's, it's sort of the way my mind works. I was looking, our, our bodies are constantly replacing cells, replacing cells all the time. Our skin is probably the, one of the most um, easily replaced. I mean, constantly replaced. They're flaking off cells all the time. Um, so I was curious with the prostate, how often they totally remake the prostate cells. And it comes out to something like um, just on like two and a half years or two years or so. So I, I figure, okay, I got two years here to see if um, doubling down on things, making sure I get my exercise, eating as well as I can, um, reducing stress, getting my sleep, see where we are in two years. Mm. Maybe that thing, maybe that thing will shrink down. Maybe it will. That'll be a really interesting follow-up to this story. And but I really want to kind of go back to what you discovered in just as a <clears throat> an awakening of sorts, because I feel that it's not addressed much in the plant-based world, people have such dramatic health recovery and such changes in their life that they do feel invincible, <clears throat> like you had mentioned. But the problem is we're still human and we do need to can be, you know, continually monitor active surveillance, you know, be it, you know, checking with your doctor annually, don't be afraid to check the blood work, you know, because things still happen, right? And you're at a decreased risk, but there's still a risk because we're humans and we're living beings. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just being mindful and responsible for your health in, in full spectrum, you know, input and then and monitoring and seeing how you're doing as we get older. And, you know, to your point, you know, you were 49 years old when you changed your diet and, or had the heart attack and it took a few years. So there were five decades also that set your body up for a potential illness, even if that, like you said, maybe delayed, um, maybe it's not accelerating as quickly and maybe we'll even have reversal. But I think those are really important points. And do you ever have any 
people say anything like, ha, told you plant-based diet wouldn't prevent everything. I mean, cause I'm curious cause it, it, it's an interesting discussion point with some people. I, I, I'm sure if I was still back in my school district, I would mm -hmm. hear that or, or I, I'd hear it by way of somebody else saying that. Right. Um, but I still say the, the proof is sort of in the pudding here and, and the fact that um, I, I'm going to be 65 this October. Mm -hmm. I am off of all heart medication. I um, am more active than most 64-year-olds my age. Yeah. So I, I don't really care what people say. I just know what's worked for me. And uh, I'm going to continue that because it, it's also, you know, I talked to, to people when, when I was doing our challenges that your immune system starts in your microbiome in your gut. And if that's not healthy, you're not going to be able to fight off that other stuff. And you're right. We, you know, I had five decades of who knows what I was exposed to, environmental toxins, um, whatever it might have been. And maybe even I had this cancer because I never had my PSA checked until this, I think, was the first time. Mm. So maybe it was more at some point. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe it was there. Who, who knows? So, but with the heart disease, um, learning what I, I could from my uh, annual or semi-annual blood work became really, you know, with heart disease, you can't really tell what's going on inside. You can't go in and take a scope unless you go in and, and um, actually surgically go in. So the only way you could tell what was going on was by looking at the blood work. And same thing with this here. I can tell, we can tell by the blood work and um, the importance of that. And so in the, uh, school district we'd have our annual biometric screenings i'd tell people and i really push that let's do this um you know it's free it costs you nothing and it tells you a lot and um i had one guy that was a story i didn't tell um <clears throat> skinny guys skinny as a rail went in for the biometric screening and his blood work numbers were over 400 and the for total cholesterol yeah, no, um, sugar. 800. 800? Oh, blood sugar. 800. <laughs> Holy moly. The pharmacist that was there was saying, you have to go see a doctor now because I'm amazed you're walking. And right. goes, really? That pharmacist called him up at night. Did you go see a doctor? No, I, I didn't. Oh I don't gosh. have a doctor. <laughs> got him to go in and see a doctor. They put him on um, medicine, diabetic medicine right away um, to, to try to get that under control. A week or two later, I get a, uh, I had a conversation with one of his workmates and she said, Doug, can you help him with his diabetes? And I said, if he wants to, I can help him. And he came in, he goes, Doug, give me whatever you had. And at this time, from the funds that I got through the uh, being health and wellness coordinator, I had every single plant-based nutrition book that was on, on the thing. Oh, so, so if somebody came in and said heart disease, oh, 
Here's Caldwell Esselstyn's book. Diabetes, here's Neil Barnard's book. So I had these. <laughs> Proteinaholic, sure. Um, and um, he came in and I gave him Neil Barnard's book, Mastering Diabetes. And he, on his own, um, went full-on plant-based. And within a year, he was off of the majority of his medicines. And he said, I hope to be off the other one uh, within a year or so. Nice. So oh, wow. that, that was an amazing, and that was a case of one, <laughs> checking your blood work can save your life. Right. Because he could have easily gone into a diabetic coma or whatever. Um, and um, yeah, that, that, that it could save your life. But, um, and now I just lost my other train of thought um, along those way. But yeah, yeah. Multiple right. things that can happen when you're checking your blood work, either from the positive or also the negative. But there's, it's, information is always good. Data is good. Um, subjective, which I like. Fantastic. So what are your plans now? So you've moved to North Carolina, enjoying the, the beautiful weather. Yes, um, love the, uh, you know, I came from New York, <clears throat> which had short summers, short springs, short falls, and very long winters. Um, <laughs> down here, we joke that there's a hot, sticky summer, <laughs> a very long spring, a very long fall, and that's it. There's no winter, mm. like what we know. So um, we're enjoying it. Um, we hope to be able to grow our food year round as much as we can. Um, um, with working with this new job, uh, it, it's fun helping the um, uh, North Carolina citizens. There's um, 3 million people on Medicaid in North Carolina. And um, knowing that every day when I'm helping state the call center or providers, um, I, I know in some part way that I'm helping uh, people get the needed help that they need. So th that's uh, pretty good. And I'll just keep running and keep eating plant-based and keep going from here. Oh, that's fantastic. <clears throat> I love that it's gone full circle, right? That you you were saved and then you're saving, helping save others. So I think that's the joy of uh, practicing this way your life or as a physician or anything so lovely and so tell us where people can reach out to you and connect because i'm sure there are lots of folks that would be interested in learning more and becoming part of your network well we are on facebook um we have a facebook group my wife and i started eat plants love hmm. which has about uh, four thousand people there um, four or 5,000 people. Um, also um, on Facebook, I did um, a, a, a page, it's called WFPB for free. And um, I was a, a little bothered by a lot of uh, plant-based influencers <clears throat> making a, a lot of money on um, these uh, getaway events, you know, resort events, you know, that the majority of people can't afford. And I, I, I say that um, plant-based eating shouldn't be expensive. So we put our, our, I combined our three cookbooks that we did, 
put them into one big PDF. And they, if they go there, they can download that PDF. And it has over 300 pages of recipes and um, connecting to the research of others, basically. So that's all there for free. And um, they can message me there as well. And uh, that's yeah. fantastic. No, um, <clears throat> yeah, and that's uh, why we, with my new company, Mora, because I had started plant based telehealth and sold it last summer. Excuse me, my throat, my goodness. There's been a lot of meetings today and lots of talking. Um, but then we started Mora, but we wanted to have increased accessibility, right? So we accept Medicaid, Medicare, commercial payers, um, so people can connect to plant based doctors. So, um, and other things that we're doing. So I totally appreciate that sentiment. Um, well, thank you so much, Doug, for your time. And I want to be respectful. I said 45 minutes, we're bumping up against that. And um, really, again, appreciate people like yourself who are doing good work in the community and spreading the word of how interventions like this, uh, you know, whole food plant-based diet, running exercise, sleep, stress, community are so important for our long-term health um, for ourselves individually and in, on a corporate level, right? So the communities, your state, um, yeah, just humanity in general. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, talking with me. Absolutely. Um, and thanks everyone for listening and, um, you know, check them out, eat plants, love. It's kind of the eat, pray, love. I like that kind of spinoff. Um, and uh, we'll see you again. Thanks for watching. And I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go though, please hit the subscribe and alert buttons so you don't miss out on any of the amazing content we're working so hard to provide you. We upload a new episode of Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus every Friday. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find us on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. If you're looking for amazing resources to help you start and sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, or anything wellness, we got you covered there too. Because at Mora, we actually provide physician-led support groups to help people live happier, healthier lives free of metabolic disease. Don't forget to check out our website at mora.com. And thanks again for watching.